Hey, who made you a disc jockey? Welcome from all of us to all of you. If you want to know how glad we are to have you with us, just you listen. Hi, and welcome to the Crisis on Infinite Midlife podcast. I'm Rob. I'm Amanda. It's episode 158. Uh, this is going to be our big uh, San Diego Comic-Con retrospective uh, episode. But before we get too far into that, uh, if you're a regular listener, you know, a few weeks ago, we were doing our show on the Wonder Woman movie. And uh, Amanda kind of flippantly said that she would offer an, uh, an official Crisis on Infinite Midlife's t-shirt. Uh, what was that t-shirt going to be comprised of, Amanda? Uh, it was going to be comprised of some sort of artwork and uh, the phrase, Steve Trevor, fuck yes. Or fuck yeah. <laughs> well, uh, originally it wasn't going to be artwork. You just sort of drunkenly said, I'm going to write Steve Trevor, fuck yeah, on a t-shirt and send, yeah. it, and send it to people. Whether yeah, they and then it sort of it went not. from there. Yeah, so we, did, we had one listener. <laughs> we, were, we were fucking around. We were joking. No, I I was willing to do it. All right. Well, I was fucking around, and we we had a listener, Matt from Indiana, uh, send us an email saying he wanted a shirt. Um, the problem is a fruit of the loom with Amanda's art on it is not what you'd call much of a prize. I was in special gym as a child. <laughs> it's more. I uh, lack eye hand coordination. It's a thing that happens to you. It's uh, <laughs> like an alternative to community service of some kind. Um, so yes, we asked uh, Mark uh, Selawatz, uh, who's a Boston area illustrator, uh, art director, graphic designer, to actually put together a good Steve Trevor. It's a lovely fuck yeah, t-shirt. t-shirt. <laughs> uh, and yeah, it's, it's one of a kind. He literally drew on this fucking t-shirt with only the finest of uh, laundry markers and sharpies available from uh, from Staples, <laughs> and uh, yeah, it came out great. So yeah, we're going to be sending it to Matt this week. Uh, so, but yeah, keep an eye on our Facebook page. I'm going to be taking some pictures of it and uh, and putting them up uh, before we send them off. But if you see this silly shirt <laughs> and think I too would like to show my devotion to Wonder Woman's sloppy seconds on a T-shirt. <laughs> uh, Certainly let us know, and uh, we'll, we'll work with Mark to see if there's a way we can make some kind of deal to mass-produce this You too atrocity. could have your very own Crisis on Infinite Midlives.com Steve Trevor Fuck Yeah t-shirt. <laughs> which, which is not a thing anybody's ever said to Santa. That's not a thing that comes up very Dear often. Dear Santa. That's, I think that would, that's what brings you Krampus. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, with that out of the way, yes, we're back from San Diego. Uh, we survived, uh, and uh, we we have a special guest, someone who attended it with us. We've gone to San Diego, not with, but have spent some time there a few times over the years and was a guest on the show two or three years ago, uh, Los Angeles comedian, Garyanna Beta. Thank you for being What's with up, us. listener? <laughs> <laughs> now, now, I will say the first time you were a guest... We were still pretty much a brand new podcast, and we probably had about 30 listeners, and now we have more than that. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. <laughs> Our listener has a plus one. <laughs> yeah. He inflicts it on his hostage. <laughs> this is the torture. Yeah, this is this. We are the stress position of podcasts. <laughs> uh all right, so I want one of those T-shirts. You can put me down as wanting one. If you make them. <laughs> yeah, take a look at our Facebook page when I when I put it up. It's okay. it is a magnificent hand drawn depiction. I, I don't want to get into any likeness rights issues. Let, let's say it resembles somebody who resembles Steve Trevor, <laughs> who resembles not Steve Trevor, uh, Lyle Wagner. <laughs> so it's it's not a picture of Lyle Wagner. It's a picture of somebody who looks like Lyle Wagner. 
Fair enough. All right, so that's one request. If if we got up to say uh, more than one, <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll we'll talk with Mark about making a deal for the actual art. But uh, uh, so I it, just thought of you. I just like the thought of you going to Staples asking for laundry markers. <laughs> we went all out on it. I spent had to be thirty dollars on different kinds because I am not an artist, so I'm trying to picture what somebody would need to make a picture of a Lyle Wagoner. So I'm getting fine line and fine line with medium on the back and giant fat Sharpies. And next time we have to paint, I'm just going to Sharpie because he gave us all the Sharpies back. We could do this entire friggin' studio in flat black Sharpie at this point. <laughs> Probably save us a few hundred bucks. <laughs> but he, he did an awesome job on it. It's you know, for really? something that Amanda was drunk and said, I'll send you a fucking t-shirt. It really came out really well. So awesome. Awesome. All right. So this was for Amanda and me. This was our 10th Comic-Con. We did nine in a row up until 2014. And then this is our first time back uh, in uh, three years. It's And we've been to, it feels like the first time you and I hung out was 2007. So you and, and Amanda and me have hung out on one level or another for what, like eight of these things? I I was th- that's weird that that was your tenth. I think that was my tenth too. Okay. I think, I'm not sure because uh, I I don't know where like I keep them, but I don't know where my badges are. Um, I think I just like got all that stuff in storage, and uh, I was thinking because we were talking about it. I think that was my tenth as well. But I was going when you guys couldn't get. Passes. Yeah, yeah. Th- there were a couple of years where we went and you weren't able to. Uh, so. Yeah, I couldn't get. There was a couple of years I couldn't get passes. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So that's that would be crazy. I'm gonna actually like try to figure it out now because I've kept all my badges. I have them somewhere. Yes. And then I, and I was gonna put this year. So I'll count out how many I have and try to figure it out. But I think that was my 10th too. I didn't realize that was your guys' 10th. Yeah. Yeah. And, and we have the badges too, but ours are all over the place. They're, they're like, like wire hangers. They just sort of seem to reproduce. We just, <laughs> we find badges under shit, which is weird. <laughs> you know, people go their entire lives trying to get to San Diego and I can't swing a dead cat without hitting a fucking San Diego badge. Oh, look, it's sometime. another Showtime lanyard. I wonder where that came from. <laughs> Uh, yeah. yeah. How, how did you guys uh, uh, like the the? I mean, I'm really the one question I wanted to ask is uh, how you guys felt going back after not being there for three years. I was out of practice. <laughs> yeah, we we did find, and we were talking a little bit before we started the show. We we found it was more tiring mm. than it had been, and how much of that was just you sort of hit a rhythm and. You, know, you you understand intellectually, yep, this is what I'm facing, and you sort of get out of practice on that. Uh, I'm not sure. I, I don't know if it was just more crowded, because it did seem like it was more crowded for at least Sunday. one or two of the days. Sunday was nuts. Fucking Sunday, dude. Like, Sunday, like, broke my spirit. Like, <laughs> I'm not joking. Like, Sunday broke my spirit. Like, if every day was like Sunday, I honestly thought to myself I, w- I would not come back. Like... Sunday was miserable. You couldn't get anywhere. Yeah, and whether it was a case of it was just legitimately more crowded or if it had something to do with it was Children's Day because there were more fucking strollers. I can go a thousand. Why are you packing your baby, your your fucking infant, into some sort of swaddling Batman atrocity, shoving them into a stroller and forcing them into this hot 
humid, loud environment they're never going to fucking remember anyway, just to run over my toe. I don't <laughs> understand why you bring an infant to fucking San Diego Comic-Con. It's I don't understand to- the stroller thing or, or the or the kids either. It's I mean, taxing as an adult. It's, yeah. to, to get to Comic-Con from anywhere other than Southern California is a multi-thousand dollar undertaking get the $30 for a babysitter for fuck's Whoops. sake now they can't afford the $30 because they spent all the thousands of dollars going to comic-con <laughs> so they have to bring the kid that's true it does feel like we've been eating a low-form takeout ever since we came back just to save up some dough but it's not getting in the way of my drinking fine berkshire brewing company lost sailor ipa berkshire brewing if you're listening Please sponsor the show. I'm begging they, you. They I never need, listen. I can't afford your beer anymore. We started. They're not going to sponsor your show. <laughs> the guy whose liver looks like a bait bucket. <laughs> <laughs> sponsorship from a fucking beer company. But uh, yeah, Sunday was it was a wreck. And uh, yeah, I don't know if it was the strollers or a combination of that. And maybe that's just an easier day for Joe Blow from Falmouth to be able to get a seat and go, all right, I'm going to see what's going on at this Comic-Con I've been hearing stuff about. So you get you get new newbies who don't know what to do. Well, there were newbies to the point where like, we were on the sidewalk and somebody came back and was like, where do you go to buy tickets? It's like, oh, honey. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Oh, honey. Oh, oh, my sweet summer child. <laughs> and they had like kids in tow. I'm going to ask the 250,000 people who spent a year trying yeah. to get tickets. Yeah. When, when did we cinch your passes up? Like, seriously, that was, like, all codified uh, to, it, before the con? Uh, yeah. Uh, we spent a year trying to get those, right? Uh, yeah, going through various. Now, now, Amanda and I went through the regular sale and managed to get Thursday and Sunday. But uh, even that was a goddamn miracle. But that was enough to put everything else in motion to say, fine, yeah. it's worth getting the flight. But but yeah. The, and even uh, that, though, was like 11th hour in that particular lottery because it was coming up on 1 o'clock Eastern time. And they were beginning to flash those like, you know, Sunday is still just as good. Even if you can only just get a Sunday pass, please stick with us. Please <laughs> stick with us. Sunday is good. <laughs> Which is fine. Sunday was not good. <laughs> <laughs> It was a fucking stroller-laden lie. <laughs> <laughs> it's good. Too many people believe their lies. <laughs> no, I yeah, seriously, back to Sunday though. I honestly I couldn't figure it out. But like, is there nothing going on in Hall H on Sunday? Had they closed the Game of Thrones? Like, was everything else closed down and the floor was the only thing to do? No, there were panels. Puzzle it out. There were panels all day until like 3 30. But I think they were like yeah. Doctor Who or something, like yeah, and, and Hall H had stuff going on. Uh, I know. I, I think you're right. I think the Doctor Who. So it was the last one with a uh, oh Christ Capaldi. What's it, with a yeah Peter Capaldi uh, as the Doctor. There was one other thing, but yeah, the big ones like Marvel and Game of Thrones. Uh, yeah, those were all done. Those were all Friday and Saturday panels. Yeah, yeah. I I thought I was thinking the only thing I could think is maybe that that took some people that would have normally been in lines camping out put them into the actual mix. That was like the only thing I could figure. It's it's possible. Now, did you do any Hall H panels uh, this oh, convention? God. Oh, God, no. Okay. That I, went- I haven't been to Hall H in like years. What's the last Hall like, H thing you went to? The last thing we did was literally 
Watchmen. So that was 2008. Oh my God. Yeah. And, and I was, remember you snuck into yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. It's a we supposed to be in that. Like some poor volunteer yeah. made a mistake. <laughs> they blinked yeah. and we ducked the line. Yeah. <laughs> that story. Because that you were so proud. You were like, yeah, they trusted me. <laughs> It was, that was our third Comic-Con. So, and it was our third in a row. So we had certain things down and we understood how things were supposed to work. And we just happened to be walking by. And yeah, I still remember it was some, uh, he couldn't have been older than 16 years old, maybe five, eight with just this lost look in his eye. And he'd created inadvertently this giant break in the line right at the corner of the convention center. And it was big enough that we figured we can jump in and we've got enough plausible deniability. So if somebody says, hey, you're cutting in line, they won't stomp us to death. We could say we didn't know, but we yeah. knew full well that <laughs> control had been lost. And yeah, we jumped in front of <laughs> at least 2,000 people. Yeah, I mean, I I hope that after that, they started to have some kind of training video that says like, Hall H can smell your fear. And it just... <laughs> set everybody on like line control straight in terms of you know what not to do i've changed my mind i'd like my t-shirt to say that <laughs> write it down <laughs> but, but it, yeah it's if you've never been to, to hall h hall h is the big room it uh it seats what seven thousand people something Six like that seven thousand people yeah yeah and when we first started going, which probably would have been the same time you started going, around 2006, 2007, it was still possible to get into. It was you wouldn't line up, and you'd maybe you'd have to stand in line for an hour and a half or so, but you could get in and then stay for as, as long as you wanted to. But it was right around twilight that yep. people start. They will literally overnight camp out, you know, sleep under these stupid tents, and they have these rules. Oh no, you can only bring. The rule should be fuck off. Don't camp out. This is not public property. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I agree with that. But, I I totally agree with that. But yeah, it is. Uh, now you have to. I mean, it's gotten up to the stuff I was reading is like 24, 26, 28 hours to get in. Yeah, I, I'm not gonna. You as you already pointed out, you're paying a fortune for this hotel. Right. I'm not gonna sleep on the grass. You know, getting bitten by ants. Yeah, it's it's a weird thing where, look, it, <laughs> clearly we're all fanboys here. Our vacation is San Diego Comic-Con. We're all talking on a zero-budget <laughs> yeah. podcast because we like talking about comic books and genre shit. But I, I don't understand the Hall H fascination that people have because literally there was one Hall H panel I was considering going to this year, and it was the Twin Peaks one on Friday. Yeah, that would have been awesome. Yeah, but even there, it's like we sort of swung by maybe an hour ahead of time and saw there was a huge line, and just immediately, it's a, yeah, life's too short. <laughs> I'm not going to do it. And uh, yeah, we came back. Uh, we flew back on Monday, and yeah, Tuesday afternoon, I, I sat in front of the TV with YouTube piped through on Chromecast, drinking beers in the privacy of my own home, watching that panel. It was already on YouTube. I don't yeah, understand yeah, instantly, which is why I think a lot of people have stopped. Uh, I think a lot of the smarter people have uh, just stopped. I mean, why would you waste? It's really hard, as we've already said, to actually even get in. Why would you want to spend a full day out there in the heat on the off chance you might get in for that panel? It's not guaranteed right. that you're waiting for all that time. Like, you might not get in. 
you might not get it. And it, it sounded like also with whatever wristband system that they had put in place, now people were figuring out figuring out a way to counterfeit that. Like all you needed was sort of a rainbow assortment of wristbands and kind of look around and say, oh, okay, they're doing yellow for this one. Well, no, that was <laughs> that was actually Rich Johnston from uh oh that was the party bleeding cool. That was for private parties. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> apparently, yeah, at the private parties they all have their own yeah you know, those stupid wristbands when you go into a club and mm-hmm. they just every party has its own color. So yeah, you just you just buy like a rainbow of those and put them all on your wrist and just hold your wrist up and if they see the color they'll let you in. I'm I might try that if we can get there next year. I don't think that it'll work next year. You guys heard that a bunch of people got in to Hall H with the fake wristbands. Yeah. So they actually that was like you can watch the video on YouTube of that. Um they're giving a bunch of people free passes for next year. Like the the entire convention, like Wednesday through Sunday, Jesus. because somebody figured out that wristband thing. So people just showed up in droves with the fake wristbands and yeah. got into Hall H, circumventing people that had been camping out for 26 28 hours. I think they should just do a separate Hall H pass with its own RFID. I think that's the only way it's going to get solved. <sighs> I'd say I'm not. They got to do something. I agree with you. I don't know what it is. They got to do something though. It's you know what? I, I think the easiest thing to do is keep it exactly the same way it is because if you go to two, three, four conventions, you learn quickly. No, this is pointless, and then you cycle out, and then a whole new generation of rubes who, <laughs> for whatever reason, think I'm in the same room as Sparkly Kid from Twilight means something when they're forty fucking miles away at the end of Hall H. <laughs> Okay, first of all, the Twilight thing hasn't been at Comic-Con in, like, eight years. You've got to <laughs> find a new reference other than the sparkly kid. Uh, you know what? <laughs> if I was, game. It's 2017. If I was brutally assaulted in prison in 2009, I think that'd be a go-to story for the rest of my life, Anne. <laughs> I don't think it's something that goes away just because some time has passed. Uh, ask Robert Pattinson. And then, and then secondly, I like how your philosophy is just, just give up, people. <laughs> if you give up hope, everything works out. <laughs> That's what I heard. That was you're like, we're like, work it out. Me and Amanda are like, they'll figure it out. We've got like, you're like, ah, just, you know, you'll give up. When they give up, it gets all right. <laughs> <laughs> no, the problem is what they'll do is then they'll give up and they'll go back to the hotel and have sex and have kids and then roll over my fucking foot with a stroller next year. You're right. There's no way to win. The game there's itself no is pointless. <laughs> there's no way to win. I, but I, they need to do something. I, I, I mean, first of all, the largest hall is six thousand people. I mean, what's the count now? Two two hundred thousand people showing up. I think that's not. A big enough hole, you know, that's yeah. not a big enough area. Yeah, and they've started to spread stuff into adjoining hotels and to the library downtown, and I think they're using that as an excuse. In its own way, it's like it's like Fenway Park. Fenway Park only has a certain amount of space, even remotely available. And since everybody loves Fenway Park, they will never tear it down and create a new stadium. So every year... John Henry, the owner of the Red Sox, finds a way to bolt new seats somewhere. 
there's just like you fit a <laughs> fit a seat on top of the pesky pole. It's worth your life to get up there, and it's still like eight grand for a season ticket. But yeah, and I so I think Comic Con's doing the same thing. Well, if we can have a panel in the custodial closet of the Holiday Inn on the Bay, we can sell another four seats. <laughs> it's like my dad's chair onto the churro guy. <laughs> yeah. It's my Johnny, dad's approach to building a house. The churro guy's <laughs> guy in Hall H this year. <laughs> Talking about how to get a free ticket to Comic Con. <laughs> ah, absolutely. I I couldn't. Uh, I, I mean, I I couldn't. I literally tried. I couldn't get in anything everything i went to they were like the line is for tomorrow i went i really wanted to go to the game of thrones thing sure i went and i was like okay is this the end of the line and i was willing i was like because one of my friends had said yesterday the day before he's like he had heard it had been two hours to get in and i was like all right i'll wait two hours sure i went over there the guy pointed he's like yes this is the end of the line and I'm like, ballpark, when will I get in? Ballpark. I'm not expecting you to have it down to the minute. You know, just is it, is it two hours? Is it? Th- and he goes, oh, no, tomorrow. Maybe. <laughs> that was his answer. If you get tomorrow, in line. Maybe. If you get in line now, you'll probably be all set for when the next convention shows up for the dental <laughs> accessories on Monday. I yeah. I, you're making a joke, but I feel like. That is what it's coming to because it just every year when I first started, you can get into Hall H. You just had to go and sit through a panel before the one you yeah. wanted to see. Right. If you wanted to see the sparkly guy, Twilight, I guess that's our reference. This show. <laughs> you wanted to watch the Twilight panel. You would have had to have sat through a, a one before it. That was it. That was like the minimum. That you had to go. You were better off getting in there a, a, a couple of panels beforehand. Sure. But I, I can tell you, I never waited more than 40 minutes. And you would get in a panel or two beforehand. If your thing was at 3, you were over in line by 1.30, 2 o'clock latest. You would get in. Well, that you was, would do it. That was the thing with now, the... That's like, it's, un, it's uh, you know, unheard of. Unheard of. It's the, a day. Like, they're getting in line for the next day's stop. Yeah. No, and the, the Watchmen one that we, we managed to get into by luck. <laughs> I like how you like, managed. <laughs> but we were actually. Motherfuckers pushed children out of the way. There may have been an elbow. It. It's, it was almost grand larceny what we did. <laughs> but we had actually, we were trying You're to go like to the. Dang is fucking con of goddamn Hall <laughs> We were trying to go to the Kevin Smith panel that was going to be after the Watchmen panel. <laughs> no, that was the first oh, year. Was that the first year? Okay. That was 2006. They all run together after a while. And uh, yeah, even that was on, on Saturday. And yeah. that, that was like the first year Kevin Smith was doing a Saturday panel, which uh, Oh, so we went, we went to the Grindhouse one. Yeah. We okay. went to, we were like, all right, whatever panel's ahead of time, we'll go to that. And I didn't, I had not. You know, even at the time, I was not a devotee of even Ain't It Cool News. I had no idea what this Grindhouse thing was. And yeah, it's that's the cool thing. If you can get into Hall H, at, at least it was the cool thing because yeah, something like you know Robert Rodriguez. You know, <laughs> yeah, all right, we're doing this movie that is not necessarily huge, but all right, I got Quentin Tarantino, so I can get in here. Yeah, I got to see something cool, and we got excited about it. Yeah, yeah. Now it's yeah, you have to plan your goddamn day around sitting in Hall H. Well, and even <laughs> the comic panels now, 
you try to use the strategy of, all right, maybe if I go to the panel before that, I'll, I'll suffer through Pokemon and then I'll learn something good about Marvel in the next panel that I, I actually care about. And that didn't even work because we tried to get into the Marvel Secret Empire panel. Right. And it was fuxered because everybody was going to the Marvel panel ahead of time because they actually wanted to go to the Halo panel right after. So they were taking up all the seats for Marvel. <laughs> Oh, um, true. You didn't get in? No. With God as my witness, we, we were within the first four. The panel had started. It was already about five, eight minutes into it. And yeah, the two people in front of us were there for the Halo panel, and we had struck up a conversation. They said, now what's this panel? And we described what Secret Empire is, and that it's one of Marvel's worst events that they've done in the last 10 years, and this is going to be a contentious panel that we're really interested in seeing. And then the door steward came up and said, all right, we can seat two. And the motherfuckers walked in with a smile on their face and left us outside. It was cold. It was stone cold. We didn't get into it. I was... That was karma for the Watchmen panel. Probably. That's not even close to karma. We need to be froze out of a lot more panels to pay for the <laughs> pay for the Watchmen panel. But oh, there's a special uh, special place in hell for those. I hope the next Halo game gives them epilepsy. I hope they just <laughs> seize out on the floor the minute Master Chief gets a little wink of sunlight in his visor. Fuck those people. They're right yeah, in the middle of like peak teabagging too. Just you know. <laughs> so you missed it by two. Yeah. Yep. That had to be the worst. How long were you in line? Uh, that one was not terrible. About 45 minutes for yeah. that one. Okay. So, All right. So All we, right. So we, you guys just left then? Yeah, we, we just walked and we went and did something else. We got lunch because um, I was beginning to get irritable. <laughs> <laughs> irritable at Comic-Con for either one of us is a, is a screeching hate frenzy. We just become monstrous. It's And how do we know that was from a lack of food? Uh, yeah, there could have Good been point. any number of reasons. <laughs> Alcohol withdrawal, <laughs> proximity to people. Yeah. No. Oh my God. Yeah. So much fun. So much fun. But it's literally impossible now to like, you're paying and just, you can't get into anything. I felt like I couldn't get into anything this, this year. Like I didn't get in to any panels, any events, anything I wanted to go into. This is like the first time everything I went to try to attend was 12, 20, 28 hour waits. It was just like, all right. Well, the comic panels were not that bad, although clearly they're becoming more difficult. Although even this year, we didn't get into nearly as many panels as we normally do. At A San lot Diego. of the DC panels we would have been interested in happened to fall around 10 or 11 and we just could not get out of our own ways to get the hell out of the hotel in the morning <laughs> yeah that was half the problem yeah you're, you're still dealing with jet lag and trying like hell to drink heroically at night so we're hitting the the convention building at 11 30 and at that point it's sort of a mad rush to do you hit the floor or do you try to hit a panel and it was sort of a crapshoot either day but yeah, we were able to get into some comic panels, but yeah, even that's harder. But we learned from that one, and we spent about an hour and a half in line to get into the Cup of Joe panel, which I'll want to talk about in a little more detail, because that's the only newsworthy thing we did that didn't involve Grand Larson. <laughs> <laughs> but, well, uh, d- d- well, let's talk about it. What was? Well, what, no, before I do that, we're talking about getting frozen out of things. The best story oh. out of this convention was you, and getting your fucking pass and how that almost didn't happen. You got to talk about that. Yeah, I, uh, okay, all right. A friend of mine um, is a professional. This was, next year will be her 20th. Okay, and by the Um, way, 
No, no names, intimations. No, 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 uh, no. I love our listeners, but I, we can't give anybody a route of maybe somebody they think they can call for free tickets. We right. will be murdered. So, <laughs> so yeah, let's keep it yeah. vague. You just tell them we murdered a hobo. <laughs> um, I actually have a friend that draws comic books. We got ours through different channels. Yes. Okay. I have a friend who draws comic books, and she has gotten me passes. A lot of times because the professionals are allowed to have a guest, a single guest. Now, that has been in uh, recent years. I don't know, maybe going back now three or four, they don't get a guest. They also have to enter a lottery to get a guest. Okay, okay. so it's not automatic so, anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not automatic. It used to be with your past came a free pass when you're a professional. That is no longer the case. They have to, and she hasn't, like you, the past three years, she hasn't been able to get one. She actually got one this year. And a, another friend of ours, also a, a animator, they both got a guest. Now, okay. they both just without communicating with each other accidentally put, my friend, her artist, her boyfriend, because he was the first priority, of course, for them. Okay. So they both put his name. That's important to the story. <laughs> okay. They both put his name down. Now, I met up with them on Wednesday. I got the pass. I went in. It's got a dude's name. It's not a big deal. Nobody's looking at it. It's got an RFD chip. It is a legal pass. I am cleared. It's just got the wrong name on it. Right. No shenanigans going on. I have a pass. The guy whose name's on my pass, he has a pass. There was just a clerical error caused by us, by, by the way. So <laughs> sure. I get in, have a great time on Wednesday. Uh, run into you guys. You guys were getting some artwork done, I think, right? Yep. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so ran into you guys. I, I just an amazing time. And when I went to leave, uh, the RFD pass, when you, you, you swing it by and it goes green to let you in, and then you got to uh, also swipe it when you're leaving. Right. And it wouldn't, mine would not swipe out. It was red. So I did it like three times, and then the guy goes, well, let me see it. I gave it to him. He swiped it. It wouldn't swipe, and he goes, hey, you're going to have to go tomorrow and get this looked at. Okay. And I just went, okay. Just thinking possibly the chip was uh, fucked up. Sure. So I go the next day, which is the first day really of Comic-Con. Right. And I have to go up to the area. It's a separate area for the professionals. And I go up and I just think they're going to go, oh, what's wrong? It's not working. And give me another one. I don't know. Apparently, this guy doesn't have a job guarding Hall H. <laughs> fucking diligent. <about laughs> there, I'm trying to explain to them what happened. Is like they gave us the pass. They're like, it'll be fine. It's not a problem. Unbeknownst to me, my friend had also been having problems too because my pass and his pass were canceling each other out. Oh, God. So I tell them, and the guy like asks for ID. I give him ID. Was like, and he looks at the pass, and then he goes, it's a guy's name. I'm just going <laughs> to say Christian Slater because that's the poster behind <laughs> Okay. <laughs> like the name on this is Christian Slater. And I looked at him and said, I'm transitioning. 
pointed out, shuts down any conversation <laughs> in a corporate environment at all. Yeah, <laughs> that'll do it. <laughs> so, yeah, I uh, uh, needless to say, uh, it took a while to get this worked out. And we had to get the two people. And the guy was, believe it or not, the guy was a total dick. I wish I could say his name. The guy was a total fucking asshole. Now, wait, is and this still, is this your doppelganger or the guy who was helping you in well, air quotes? Helping is, uh, okay. I don't know. That's a strong term. Okay. Helping me. I don't know. Living his TSA uh, dreams. Frustrating me. Um, <laughs> okay. Because I told him everything that had happened. And I even, I was, well, my friend told me my mistake was telling the guy. Nothing, the no shenanigans are going on here. He right. goes, whenever somebody says no shenanigans are going on, shenanigans are always going on. Well, let's face it. You do look like you're up to no good. I mean, that's I sort of your default. I do. I do. And <laughs> frequently also, I am up to no good. Right. So <laughs> that also doesn't help my <laughs> they, they, situation. They talk about resting bitch face. You have resting crime face. <laughs> <laughs> True. So yeah, I ended up uh, having to get the two people that I was initially talking about up there. And this guy legitimately did not think that I uh, knew these two people. He legit thought I was making everything up. So when they got up there, uh, the thing that was really frustrating is they saw a really nice version of this person I was dealing. He couldn't have been more accommodating. He couldn't have been quite, uh, more kind. And it literally got ironed out when both of those people were standing in front of him. It got ironed out in like seriously less than 90 seconds. Of course. Both of those people had to. And it's not if you haven't been to Comic-Con, it's hard to express the sheer size of it. It's, It's seriously, it is gigantic. And there are things that are taking place that are miles apart. Yeah. Yeah. It's miles. I think so it's, they had to come up to an area way on the end, close to where I the A, if if you're familiar, it would have been up above like the AI the A gate, which is the beginning of the convention center, yes. which they literally could have been miles away from. Yeah, it's the like a couple it, of football fields. Yeah, it can take with with people in the way a good twenty minutes to just directly walk from gate A to gate H, Hall H. Yeah, you know, that's yeah. the opposite ends of it. So, yeah, getting people to coordinate—that's part of why they make such a big <laughs> deal about uh, no paging. Nobody can page. Well, yeah, shit. It's how are you going to get somebody to from point A to point B? It can take forever. Yeah, yeah, and and that's if they're in. Uh, that's actually if they're in the convention too, like right. they weren't in the convention. So they could be 20 minutes away if they're actually in the convention center walking, which is a long distance. And they weren't even, there's the gas lamp district. There's things going on. Was there stuff going on in Petco this, this year? Probably. <laughs> yeah, I, we didn't spend a lot of time on Fifth Avenue. We've learned over a long stretch of time, Fifth is just another part of the floor. Well, Petco's over on 7th. There was something going on there on the one day we walked by it, but I didn't pay attention to what it was. Uh, yeah, I mean, historically, uh, at least up until 2014, that's where they did all the Walking Dead zombie experience yeah. shit, but that yeah, was closer yeah. to Fifth now. 
And but, I they did con Carnival goes on there, one of the big parties. I don't know if anything was going on over there, but yeah, they usually have like a lot of big, big nerd headquarters. Conan was over, I think, in that area, right? Isn't that where they do Conan? Conan was up around Horton Square. Yeah, I forget theater. which theater it was, but it was it was further up Fifth. Yeah. Okay. For and uh, wow, that's weird. You know, yeah, I didn't go. I I didn't go up on the gas lamp at all. Did you guys go on the gas lamp at all? Not really, because the and if you've never been to Comic-Con, it's hard to picture, but you've got the convention center sort of on the bay side, and then there's Harbor Drive and the railroad tracks, and you cross those. Basically, there's one big intersection where you cross, and that leads you to sort of the gas lamp district and downtown San Diego proper. And everything is designed to sort of funnel you up Fifth Avenue. So that's where everybody who is from out of town or hasn't done a Comic-Con before goes. So people just just stream up Fifth like lemmings, find something to eat, find something to do. Literally, all you have to do is go a block in either direction, the 4th or 6th, and things open right up, and you can walk into places to eat, and you don't have any problems. But because of that, it's like, yeah, we've learned there's nothing on Fifth. It's it's like Tatooine for Luke. There's nothing for me here now. <laughs> but it's but yeah, between the convention, the convention itself is 130,000 people, 130,000 ticketed people a day. I think yes. Plus yeah, whatever's going on on Petco and whatever's going on on Fifth and at various other ancillary venues. So you're probably talking 150, 100, maybe 75,000 people just there for Comic Con. Comic-Con is its own city. And unfortunately, Anne, every city needs a DMV and a dick DMV employee, and you found them. Congratulations. <laughs> I did. I did. That's uh, that's how I, I, I'm just, I really, honestly, I'm just happy it got ironed out. Because really, I, everything was cool. I had the pass. There was a brief moment in time when I was waiting for my friends to get up there that I was like, I may not actually have a pass and and that was like really because you've already committed all this time all this money oh god yes no uh and we but oh my god did we tell you guys about reveille at the hotel oh god no (laughs) oh that's right you were near the naval base oh jesus (laughs) go on i okay first night i was exhausted i didn't hear it and staying with a friend uh at the hotel and didn't hear it and the next day at breakfast she was like did you hear the national anthem and i was like what (laughs) and she goes i can't believe you didn't hear that and i asked at the desk because the next day sure enough at like five or six (laughs) a.m jesus through like one of those speakers they had like in the MASH television. (laughs) One of those old, so it sounded like terrible, but it was just loud as shit. (laughs) At 5 a.m., the national anthem starts playing. First, they did the bugle. I I mean, it's the whole thing. Like they did the bugle, (laughs) the reveille, and then they played the entire national anthem like Black Sabbath, <laughs> like a Black Sabbath concert volume. And I asked the lady at the desk about it, and she goes, that's every morning. Oh, my God. 
And then she kind of made it about like, she's like, don't you love America? (laughs) (laughs) Like, not at 5 a.m. If my mother shrieked in my face at 5 a.m., I'd kick her to death. What the fuck are you talking about? (laughs) It was like, oh, my God. So every morning, every morning. At 5 a.m., we got what well, I immediately I don't have a problem going back to bed. I just <laughs> immediately went back to bed. But I was like, you would just wake up and put your hand over your heart. Just all groggy. <laughs> like, just, ah, I love you, America. And then go back to bed. But no, it was, it, it, it really was. I can't express to you how goddamn loud it was <laughs> that I even got like, I asked him for earplugs. But I also told her, like, that's something you should give people a warning about. You would, see, yeah. but that's that's another weird thing about San Diego. It's if you if you get passes through the regular channels, you are eligible to go through the convention for hotel rooms. But even that, that's less of a lottery because that really does have something to do with how quickly you can do the form. So there's a certain amount of video game. <laughs> hand-eye coordination that's involved did but, you guys practice it because i heard some people practice that oh, i always leave it to him <laughs> yeah oh, i i absolutely practice it i went over it ahead of time i had all my information in a notepad session so i could just swipe copy paste yeah and i was slow this year my record for doing that form was 2014 i did the whole form in i think 110 seconds and this time it was 160 seconds but you, it's you go on Twitter and you hear, you see people going, "I did the form in in three minutes and got nothing." There, oh my god! So there really is a certain amount of gaming involved in that. So just find it. Getting the tickets is its own. It, it really is like descending through the circles of hell in Dante's <laughs> Inferno. Yeah. It's one thing to get the passes, then you need a place to stay, and yeah, the the Holy Grail is like the Hyatt or the Marriott, or the Hilton right next to the convention center, and we've lucked out in certain years and gotten there, but other years, it's catch-as-catch-can, and you just start going online and looking for hotels and seeing if when you put the dates in, they'll accept it, and what ungodly rates they'll give you. Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah it's, and I, it is a lot of money, but the reason you want those is I was close uh, Cause I moved locations. Actually, I switched on like Saturday right. to stay with some other friends because as Rob just expressed, it's really, it's an, it's not uh, the closest hotel rooms are Los Angeles, which is two and a half hours away. Like there's literally no, there's people stay in Tijuana. I think we talked about that the last time we did the podcast. Yeah. People stay in Tijuana. It's not there. It's not a joke. Like it's a lot of people come to this. So especially now, I feel like because there's so much stuff off site that it's crazy. But I switched. We were only one. We were the last bus stop, which sucked. But then we were the first bus stop when you were going to the convention center. Right. So you can at least deal with that. Three blocks, maybe three blocks or something. 45 minutes. Yeah. Our first, our first trains, all that shit. Yeah. Our first few years, we stayed over about a mile away at the, uh, the holiday Inn on the Bay, which is now a Wyndham or something. Yeah. Which, which is a nice place to stay. But yeah, at that point it's too far to really walk and yeah, to get the shuttle. It's, it's a, the, the shuttle is great and it's great that they have it. 
But if you've been walking the floor all day and you're just done standing there waiting for the pink bus (laughs) and then trying to get a seat on a pink bus, which might take two or three with everybody waiting. And then, yeah, it's waiting literally. Yeah, it was a mile and it would yeah be half an hour on a good day. Yeah, yeah, half an hour is great now. Like it, you that used to be. It used to be like because you guys were staying in that hotel when I first met you guys and was hanging out with you guys. Because right. I remember drinking at that when it was a Holiday Inn. Yep. Right. Yeah. And it's it, it was doable, but yeah, now it just the crowds are that much bigger and the security is that much higher. Yeah. You know, with with all yeah. the stuff that's gone on all over the world with these truck attacks, it was kind of nice that, yeah, the San Diego cops had these portable barriers set up so mm-hmm. that, yeah, they would just put up a barrier so that it was impassable until they saw a particular bus coming. But that slowed everything down because it's, OK, this is the pink bus. Stop for a second. We'll lower the barrier. So, I mean, it was nice to know that we weren't going to be mown down by a U-Haul. but. <laughs> But, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, the, the safety really was uh, noticeably higher. Dogs everywhere, bomb-sniffing dogs Yep. everywhere. Yep, uniformed uh, San Diego cops walking in front of the convention center. I don't think I've seen that any prior year. An alarm went off at one point, actually. We were, I feel it was like on the Saturday panels that we were trying to get into. All of a sudden, something went off. We were trying to get into the DC panel. <laughs> oh, God, yeah. We're waiting in line for a DC panel, and alarms start going off, and then they start saying through the speaker that it's, uh, everybody has been informed. We will give further steps. And then they start saying, okay, everybody in the room, 25, whatever. I'm like, well, I feel good and bad about this. <laughs> I heard those alarms, but never heard what was going on. Yeah, I never heard what that was, so I'm not no, sure. I, but I, I also, yeah, I was on the floor and they said like it's it's been handled that was all we just like they're like away further instructions it's been handled continue sweating yeah (laughs) (laughs) but even even with the additional police presence on it comic-con is one of those rare things where if you get in trouble and try to flag down a cop you've got a better than average chance you're waving at a fucking rick cosplayer from the walking dead (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah it is it is like uh it, it is like sometimes Hard. Some of the cosplayers are really good. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> you didn't see a lot of them this year, though. Have you guys noticed that that's reduced as well? It's. I don't know if it's reduced or if I've just become sort of blind to it. Yeah. Because, yeah, the first couple... If you've never been to a big convention, the the amount of cosplay, the quality of cosplay is like, wow, and everybody... You know, it becomes a thing that you do. I'm going to take pictures of it. And then you sort of get used to it and it becomes an annoyance. Because like when I did see cosplayers, it was because, oh, somebody saw a power girl and got all drooly and said, can I get a picture? And of course, you know, somebody will pose. Somebody worked hard on a costume. They want to have pictures taken. You spend a lot of money. Yeah, but then it becomes like a blood clot because as soon, oh, somebody's posing. I too will get a picture. I too will get a picture. And it's, you just become irritated because I've seen power girls, seen better power girls than you. (laughs) Because it also happens, you know, usually in an area that's already highly congested. So it's like you're trying to look at the My Little Pony display at Hasbro. And all of a sudden, oh, cosplayers. And <laughs> yeah. Now I can't uh, breathe. I, I, your reference was not, no one's stopping to look at the My Pretty Pony. <laughs> you're, you're, you're right. Yeah. Hasbro. <laughs> nobody stopped there ever. That's a perfect spot to take a picture. There's nobody. The only place better is the family circus booth. Oh, God. <laughs> 
Say the Hot Wheels display. <laughs> no, Hot Wheels was packed. You can't man. get near Hot Wheels, yeah. Amanda. You know, you've gotten a couple special edition Hot Wheels. <laughs> True. Oh, my God. <laughs> but actually, Ann, now that you mention it, it didn't feel like there have been years where it feels like you can't go 10 feet and then you have to stop because those clots pop up. And it did feel like there were fewer this year. So, yeah, maybe yeah. cosplay has sort of turned a corner. I felt like the last couple of years, uh, it's really, really gone down. Like, uh, like I mean, it's just like I think people, because of the reasons that we mentioned, just just going regular, trying to get a SpongeBob, you know, costume onto a shuttle, yeah. which is really the only way. I don't think they let Ubers and stuff down there, right? There wasn't a spot. I for didn't people see to one. get dropped off by Uber, you had to walk real far away. The closest from everything. The times we got an Uber, we walked clear down to your hotel. Yeah, and I say that's probably the closest one I remember seeing was at the hotel. Yeah. So yeah. So yeah, you're probably talking half a mile away at best. And yeah, at best. And so walking, so you have to get on a bus, and it's it like really hard. When you're in full costume, like I've seen some ridiculous costumes trying to get on that bus and they just can't do it. You know, giant inflatable T-Rex. The good thing, (laughs) the good thing is if that continues to turn the corner so that cosplay becomes less of a common thing, that will mean anybody you see on the floor in a pretty decent, fully immersive costume is probably a celebrity undercover and you can put the arm on them and try to get the mask off. Probably Adam Savage. (laughs) (laughs) That's Adam Savage. Put him down. (laughs) Oh my God. His costumes are amazing though, aren't they? I don't know what he did this year. I've seen him, Uh, his, uh, his astronaut from alien. Uh, that's the big one that I remember, which was awesome. Yeah. I don't know what he did this year. Oh, he did Chewbacca this year. I think. Okay. Oh, all right. He did, he did Chewbacca, I think. I think I was. I think that that YouTube uh, video I was watching, but yeah, he does some amazing costumes every year. But yeah, you're right. You've, you've hit on something. We're, we've gotten to the point now where it's only going to be somebody yeah. that is actually from. Like, 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 it's got to be connected with the convention somehow. They can even get in there in a costume. My, my favorite to this day is still three or four years ago when Brian Cranston walked around in a Heisenberg mask, <laughs> just with his street clothes and a Heisenberg mask. <laughs> so great. That was so great. And then watching the internet the next day when people realized they had actually got a picture with him. Yep. Because they were just taking pictures because the costume was amazing. Yeah. Google it if you haven't. It's an amazing costume. Yeah, this is probably, I think it was 2013 or 14 because it was one of the last ones we were able to get to before this one. And then, uh, oh shit, that was, that was, uh, you were actually at that one? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a great, that would, that was fantastic because he exposed it at all age that yep. it was actually him. Yep. Yeah. He, and it was, I mean, people lost their minds. It was so funny. So well done. So well done. And before that, my favorite was Toby McGuire actually going in just like a a department store Spider Man costume. Yep. <laughs> One of those ones that costs like four ninety nine, you know, like and I thought that was also like hilarious. Before the Cranston one, I that, that uh, amazing for you. Hilarious. 
For years, the apocryphal story I would hear from somebody in a line every year. I saw Johnny Depp as Captain Jack. It was totally Johnny Depp. It's one of those things you never heard confirmed anywhere, but everybody was convinced they saw Johnny Depp every year as Captain Jack Sparrow. Yeah. <laughs> never was. Yep. It, it, I promise you he's not going to Comic-Con. <laughs> no. And if he is, he's not walking the floor. No. Like, no. That, but th- a lot of those guys that... Do the Captain Jack Sparrow really are good and really do look like him. And they just, I don't know. I think when guys put on that eyeliner, they all kind of look the same. (laughs) Yeah, it's the cosplay, particularly at at San Diego. Yeah, You respect how much effort people put into it, but it really comes down to almost two things. It's like people who do really kick-ass cosplay. I've seen some killer costumes, but even then you sort of get inured to it. So it's almost, it runs a gamut between that and then sort of a mid-range of, yeah, half store-bought, half sort of built-yourself that's not bad. And then just the exhibitionist, some dude in spandex who's like, a jock? What's a jock? Look at my junk. Look at it. Oh, yeah. It's the guy that was walking around in like a white men's leotard, one of those full one-piece uh, as Arthur, supposedly, from The Tick. But just it was an excuse to free ball. It was just... <laughs> yeah. I'm Arthur. This is The Tick. <laughs> Uh, the guy that goes, I've seen him a lot. The guy that also that dude that just goes as Rocky every year. It's just an excuse for him to walk around in those trunks. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, In the, in the stars and stripes trunk. It's just like, he's just looking for an excuse to, to not wear anything in public. Absolutely. The ones I missed this year were Elvis Trooper and a pimp Boba Fett. Yeah. Which we used to see a lot. I didn't see either of them this year. But, I don't think those guys are doing it anymore. Oh, that's just a crime against humanity. Those guys were awesome. You should try to find out who they are and get them on the podcast. I bet that they can't get to it. It's, it's like, I bet they can't get passes anymore. Well, yeah, possible. Probably. Bobo Fett got priced out. <laughs> going to Comic-Con. I bet you, you guys got to try to find them and do and. And have them as a guest on the podcast. And I bet you they would say something like that. Oh, it just got too expensive. (laughs) (laughs) You're a pimp. What are you talking about? You know, I used to do it for the kids. And now the only kids, they run over my toe. It's just horrible. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, those guys. Those guys in the blood drive, I always thought, were the two worst ideas going on at Comic-Con. Yeah, fuck that. I I'm not giving you my blood. How do you think how do you think alcohol gets to my brain? Magic? I need that fucking blood. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, yeah, any it's like I've always thought it's like why is this the big thing here? I've literally seen the I've had to pick up people that did that walk 20 feet and just dropped. Particularly if you're from San Diego. It's you're not used to if you're there, it's it's not very hot there and it's not very humid compared to a lot of places. I know LA's been getting slammed with heat waves recently. Oh God, it's been awful. But, I thought it was very humid in San Diego this year. It was comparatively for San Diego. Boston doesn't get those hundred, hundred and ten very often, but Boston gets long stretches of ninety and 85, 90, 95% humidity. The humidity is what we get. So we're kind of used to it. So yeah, it was like 65, 70% humidity there. All right, it was a little stickier than usual, but for us, it wasn't a big deal. But I'd imagine, yeah, if you're from San Diego and not used to hot and humid and you dump out a pint of blood, you know, through whatever way, sanctioned or you know, <laughs> just selling it to try to get some loot on the floor. And then, yeah, walk out onto the floor where it's 
85 degrees just from human armpits and 200% humidity, yeah, you're going to face plant pretty effectively. I just, I remember just like, yeah, walking in the hall, like over by ballroom uh, 20 and this girl just, man, she just went boom, just hit the ground, like gave blood, took 20 steps, boom, she face planted. Uh, yeah, I don't think it's a good idea. Don't, I, I don't want to give it when you're perfectly hydrated and, yes. and, and not, you know, smelling people's butts. In, in my opinion, there has only ever been one hero who's given blood. It's my buddy Jeff while we were in college who gave a pint of blood and then immediately drank two thirds of a quart of Jim Beam, drank, ate an entire plate of spaghetti at the, uh, at the dining hall and then repurposed that spaghetti directly back onto the plate and had to be dragged back to the dorm. That man is an American hero. It's never <laughs> going to get better than that. And that's when I learned I'm not giving blood to anybody. <laughs> oh my God. I wish the national anthem would have started. Playing. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, why wasn't he telling you? He should have told me the story at five o'clock in the morning. So the uh, national anthem could have dramatically started in the background. <laughs> would have been beautiful. Crying tears of patriotism over here. <laughs> Uh, all right there there is one thing i want to get into this um because uh, yeah i know you did something newsworthy on behalf of a listener yeah which i didn't you know i don't like to make the news at comic-con i like to fly (laughs) under the radar don't be that guy who stabbed that other guy with a pen yeah if if i'm in the news (laughs) in san diego i've done something uh questionable that is awesome i want to hear all about it but i want to just comment on the flying under the radar thing Trying to fly under the radar, your beer order shouldn't be bring me one every eight minutes or I'll have you murdered. <laughs> you need to, Wait. you have to let them know you're fucking serious up front. Oh, uh, that's actually, if you've never gone drinking with Rob, <laughs> that's actually his order. It is. It's, it's sometimes and then you have to tell the waitress or waiter, he's serious, you know. <laughs> It's th- things get very busy at Comic Con, and I need to keep a rising blood alcohol content, or I get crabby. <laughs> <laughs> All right, what was this news thing? I'm dying to hear. Well, this. it was, it, <laughs> you know, it's it's not like we cured cancer or anything, or we gave blood and drank Jim Beam. I would have probably read about that on the Google. Yes, it, <laughs> it was not, you know, heroic. But uh, we've, uh, I'm a fan of Miracle Man, which is uh, an Alan Moore Neil Gaiman comic from the '80s that was cut short due to rights issues and there was a whole thing going on for years and Marvel finally got the rights and they started reprinting them for the first time in years and we were supposed to get new Miracle Man stories starting last year or the year before and they just sort of stopped and Marvel never really gave a lot. They said, oh, they're coming and they kept pushing the solicit dates and then they just sort of never mentioned anything about it. And yeah, we had this one listener, Keith, he sent us a message on faith Facebook. He's like, wow, can you find out any news about miracle man? So I'm like, well, I'll go to the cup of Joe panel, which is Joe Quesada. Marvel's chief creative officer does a panel with most of Marvel editorial. And it's supposed to be answering questions on how you get into Marvel, like as an employee, but I am an asshole. And I figured (laughs) I would take advantage of the fact that Joe Quesada is there to ask the question when it, couldn't really be ducked. <laughs> and, and, and it did start life as a, how, how to get into working for Marvel, but really it's sort of morphed into a get in line and tell us how much you love us and want to suck our dicks. Yeah. Uh, Marvel fans. There's no, <laughs> we've said it a million times. 
<laughs> and how many times have you been in a panel and the, the purpose of going up to the microphone is to ask a question. Correct. What, what really happens is it becomes an eight minute monologue of, you know, you sparkling twilight person have changed my life. And at a low point in my life, I considered suicide by uh, sewage uh, drowning. But then I saw you sparkle and it just becomes this long thing. And, and then the question winds up being, uh, how are you so awesome? And as a follow up, how will you continue to be awesome in the future? That's yeah, 90% and maybe even higher, but it's around 90%, I think, of those Q&As, if you notice. Uh, if the moderator's not a great moderator, they can't, because 90% of the people up there don't actually ask a question. Yeah, there's there's usually a disclaimer up on the on the screen that says, you know, keep in mind that your questions will be screened. They're never screened. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's a mad goddamn dash. <laughs> the fucking microphone and this was a mad dash we waited an hour it's the same guy that was that's doing that was the guy guarding hall h during the watchman yeah. exactly they they that, demoted that him guy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. but yeah it's we waited an hour and 20 minutes to get into the cup of joe panel and we set ourselves up near the microphone to, to to make sure i could ask some miracle man question and yeah as soon as they said they'll take it to questions I, I bolted. I literally stepped over a little girl in a wasp <laughs> costume so that I could be first to make sure the question could be asked. So yeah, it's, I, I got to ask and I, I was thinking, all right, I'll ask the question because I want to know. And we try to serve our listeners because we don't have so many that we can ignore them <laughs> or take them in any way for granted. So, all right. I figured, yeah, me and Keith will care about this. And yeah, this question got picked up by like two or three of the bigger comics news nice. <laughs> sites as, oh, there's finally news on Miracle Man. I'm like, I just Somebody want... finally asked a question. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I just, uh, no, just uh, for this one guy who likes our show, I wanted to help him out. <laughs> right. And I want to know because I love the book. So, okay. so it did get picked up. They did give some answers. None of the sites had like the entire answer. So, and if you bear with me, I don't know if it's going to come completely over the audio. I've got the audio of me asking the question and the full answer from uh, Marvel's Nick Lowe. And it includes audio from the panel basically saying I'm stomping on this poor girl in the wasp costume <laughs> just to prove my bona fides that, oh yeah, I will whack a cherub to get what I need. Because she was the little pet. They'd already taken pictures with her as like eight other characters over the course of the convention. So. And I'm, I'm sure she was delightful, but fuck her. <laughs> she didn't have anything to say about Miracle Man and I needed to know. So. All right. All right. So this is going to be about a minute. Uh, so yes, this is the, the full question about what's up with Miracle Man. I hope I can hear it. Okay. Let, let's try this. Oh, look at the wasp. Awesome. <laughs> You're not the wasp. You're behind you is the wasp. Hey. Yeah. Look at that. So keep it clean, pal. So yeah, I had to keep it clean for this little girl. <laughs> I really, it took me everything I had not to say fuck her. <laughs> and frankly, fuck you. At least she wasn't in a stroller. Sure great. <laughs> All right, here we go. All right. Clean and quick. Just wondering if there was any update on Miracle Man, Silver Age, or Dark Age. Uh, I'll give an update. So I'm, I'm editing. By the way, this is Marvel editor Nick Lowe who's answering the question. Cool. The Miracle Man series. And I was just on the phone with Mark Buckingham last week, uh, and he was showing me some of the incredible art. He's basically redrawing all of the Silver Age. And uh, Disraeli is coloring it, and, and they sent a ton of pages to me that look unbelievable. Like, unlike any other comics like out there, it, it's kind of like a cross between like Marvel and Miyazaki. It looks so cool. 
Um, but we're not ready to quite to announce when it comes out. So we, we want to make sure that we've got enough banked up so that when it comes out, it keeps coming out. So Mark and Neil have been meeting a bunch of times in London when Neil's been traveling there. Uh, and this, wait, wait, the alarm going off? Got... wait, what? I just heard an alarm going off. <laughs> have they... Go ahead. I apologize. Did they find you, Anne? <laughs> Do you no, need to go to I... ground? Is it a hostage situation? <laughs> I legit just heard like a fire alarm like going off. Go ahead. Go look, ahead. I'm sorry. Look, if you have demands, give them to us now and we'll relay them to the appropriate people. <laughs> okay. I'm sorry. Go. Uh, that's all right. Let me, I'll bump it back. I'll bump it back a couple seconds. Sorry. Here we go. A bunch of times in London when Neil's been traveling there. Uh, and this, wait, wait until you see what they've got cooked up, like remastering the stuff that has already come out and what they've got cooking for the things that we've been waiting for 20 plus years for. All right, thank you. Thank well, you. Stay alive, my friend. <laughs> they and think you're going to die before it comes out. That's the, <laughs> that's the thing that got me. It's, I, I asked this. Two things got me about the whole thing. Number one, I realized this little girl I stomped on is behind me, and everybody loves her. So I made half of while he's answering the question, I'm thinking, all right, I need to make sure to adjust this microphone down so this kid can can get the answers. So I Always did. Pro. Well, I did that. And then nobody else can put it back up. Well, well yeah, it's like, look. Everybody here was a comedian and knows how to work a mic stand, so it's trivial for me. But then, you, yeah, you get all these gorks, these nerds, <laughs> trying to pick it up and twist no it. <laughs> so they have no idea how a mic stand works. So, so all the other questions were like Freddie Mercury from Queen. Yeah, but yeah. had to just raise it up with the. Actually, it was more bend at the waist, which is probably good for Quesada because he's used to that kind of fealty <laughs> in his day to day life. Everybody that, had to bend a knee for Joey Q. Yeah. <laughs> I like I li- that that was uh, that was great uh, that was uh, that that was great news on Miracle Man. You must have been excited. Yeah, to to know that it's still going. It's Mark Buckingham's art on uh, the original Golden Age. It's uh, the 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 Neil Gaiman piece of this. Since Anne, I know you're you're not as much of the the deeper '80s comics. Uh, no, 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 not not too much on the '80s. Yeah, um, Gaiman was doing Miracle Man roughly at the same time he was doing Sandman. Uh, and it got kind of derailed because of the rights issues and the company that was publishing it went under. So, yeah, he did. It was going to be a three-part arc, the Golden Age, the Silver Age, and the Dark Age. And mm-hmm. he got through the Golden Age, and Mark Buckingham was doing the art, and it was really beautiful stuff. And Mark Buckingham is the guy who did the art on most of Fables, which you've probably seen. So yes. to to give you a sense of of that style of art. So, yeah, the fact that he's redoing everything and trying to bring it up to snuff, that's really good news. The bad news is that means we got to wait for some indeterminate period of time to actually see it. But at least it's like, okay, it hasn't been abandoned. It's still coming. That's the yeah. important thing. But yeah. but yeah, I love the stay healthy. That was that was stay uh, alive. But it's, <laughs> yeah, I, I heard that as I'm adjusting the mic for this kid. I'm like, what? All right, I, I am not in college condition certainly, and I, I probably shouldn't run any further than from here to the bar. But do I look like I'm not going to make it for two yeah, years? You terrified them. <laughs> Your beer order is bringing one every eight minutes. I mean, I, I should have at least seemed. Maybe the problem is all I did was ask a question as opposed to say, "Oh yeah, you guys changed my life." And Joey Q, one time you fist fucked me, and. <laughs> Because there's got to be some life-changing oh. experience involved. I did. You guys pick up any comics when you were there? Oh, we got a ton of loot. Yeah, uh, that yeah. was going to be a thing I was going to ask you. I got yeah a, a bunch of 2000 AD comics, which uh, 2000 AD is the uh, the British publishing house, the Judge uh, Judge Dread. Uh, okay. So, 
So yeah, I got a bunch of Dredd, uh, Judge Dread books. <laughs> yeah, clearly the fine Berkshire Brewing Company Lost Sailor IPA is getting to me. I can't say Judge Dread. Stay alive. <laughs> <laughs> fuck you and fuck Marvel. <laughs> but uh, yeah, a bunch of Judge Dread books uh, and, and a bunch of... Uh, they had some reprints of stuff that I didn't know existed by creators I like. Like there was an Al Ewing, who's a, a writer for Marvel now, did an early book called Zombo, which was a genetically engineered extremely polite zombie for the British <laughs> army, which, oh which sounds ridiculous, but it's fun. Uh, and an old, yeah. Yeah, an old John Wagner book called the last American, which was in the height of the cold war. And John Wagner is the guy who created judge dread. And the theory is, okay, the American government put one soldier in cryogenic sleep who is, he wakes up in the event of Armageddon and tries to determine if anybody's left alive. And it's just this really morose cold war story. God, what else did I get? I got a bunch of uh, Nam Wolf books from Albatross, mm -hmm. uh, the Eric Powell's imprint that I still have to read. Maybe in Rangel Jr. Rangel Jr. Yeah, the writer. Um, and what about you, Amanda? Did you pick up any? I did. I picked up uh, the second volume of Monstrous by Marjorie Marjorie Liu. It was up front Eisner. She which you recommended to my friend, and she picked up a bunch of issues of that. Yeah, so that was kind of cool because I got to meet her. She signed it, and and the artist. Um, and I also, I always try to make a point of swinging by the Arsenic Lullaby table. <laughs> and I got their latest sketchbook. Arsenic Lullaby is an independent, very dark humor book. Yeah. It's, that was the first, uh, the first Comic-Con book we ever picked up back in 2006. And yeah, the writer Doug Paskowitz, I think his name is. I'm sure he's, I'm pronouncing that he's wrong. He's drawing the tick lately. Yeah. But uh, his his pitch to Amanda was literally, we were walking by and she said, do you like dark humor? And yes, she sir. turned yes, over and said, go on. <laughs> she said, do you like beers every eight minutes? <laughs> or there will be violence. Yes. Poor guy seemed like he needed it by the time we found him in the convention this year. Uh, <laughs> uh, he actually recommended a bunch of great stuff that when we were at dinner, it was hilarious because my friend literally started taking notes. Yeah. And bought all. I picked up one, you guys. I don't know if you're reading uh, Shirtless Bear Fighter. I was not, but based on your recommendation, they had it at my local store. So I've picked it up, but I haven't read it yet. I got the first two issues. It's great. Okay. That's the one that that was my new discovery this year. And uh, I loved it. It's hilarious. And I, I really dug it. That's the one I'm recommending to everybody. And then I think, were you already reading Redneck? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Redneck right. is awesome. Redneck is great. And uh, Paper Girls, those are like the ones that I'm recommending right now. Paper Girls, uh, I just bought the third trade this week. It's one of those that I started picking that up because I was a paper boy in the 80s. And plus, you know, Brian K. Vaughn. So, of course, I'm going to give it a oh, shot. Yeah, Brian K. Vaughn, man. Just so good. So yeah. good. But uh, Amanda, who you were not a paper deliverer, but just the 80s vibe of it. And I just have not I've, I've not sat her down and said, read these and I'm going to watch you. <laughs> <laughs> so you, you just haven't checked those out yet. But trust me, it's it, if people are listening and at, like, I promise you, it's like a better Stranger Things. Okay. Stranger Things on Netflix is great, and everybody should be watching that. But Paper Girls is kind of a very similar story where we're attacked by aliens, but it's just Paper Girls having to fight to save the planet. It's <laughs> off. Yes, with some of them having to come to terms with uh, 
knowing a little bit about their future that maybe they don't want to know because there's, yeah, yeah, it's, there's a ton of stuff going on in that book. It's really good. It's really, really good. I think, uh, I, I just got, I think they're up to issue 15, maybe. Yeah. Sounds about right. Yeah. It's on my polls. So it just sort of automatically shows up. Yeah. It's awesome. (laughs) Awesome. Great. And monsters too. Like, yeah, yeah, that's uh, one I'm going to be picking up. Yeah. And, and then the other like unexpected find was uh, a web comic series called two lumps and they have a series (laughs) of books out. It's basically not what you think. (laughs) It's basically um, this artist and, and his girlfriend chronicling the lives of their cats. She, she has two Russian blues and and so she's got this sort of rich fantasy life that they have. And the first book is called I Would Lick It for Hours. So based on the title alone, <laughs> you just have to Yeah, two lumps, I would lick it for hours. <laughs> you have <laughs> you had my interest. Now you have my attention. <laughs> There's like a mini adventure where they hide hide in her suitcase and follow her to the French Quarter on vacation and try to find her in the bar scene. It's 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 really a good series. It's smart and funny and if you have if you have any sort of affinity for pets, you'll recognize and and through the fantasy part of it, like okay, I can see where this might have happened, kinda. <laughs> okay. Very cool, very cool. All right, I'm gonna write that one down. Too. Yeah, but otherwise, yeah, it's a, a lot of comic books, uh, a, a ton of t-shirts. Because I've learned from comic cons, you go there. If it comes to t-shirts, only bring a couple because you're gonna buy plenty because they're all over the place. Yeah, so, yeah. So yeah, everyone I, I know takes an extra suitcase. I don't know. Do you guys ship? Yeah, we Are just ship everything home. Shipping? Yeah, on Sunday night, I spent an hour and a half in line at the uh, at the FedEx at our hotel to, to make sure we could just ship everything home. Oh yeah, that's right. They got a FedEx. I was gonna. T- I, if anyone's doing it, I recommend the FedEx at the actual convention center. It's terrific. They okay. will wrap, box everything up. You just give it to them. They box it up. They don't charge you any. Ex- it's awesome. Yeah, the the one at the hotel, and we've done a uh, UPS stores at various hotels. There was a FedEx at our hotel this year. That all of them have been pretty good. If you're in a hotel right by the convention center, you learn pretty quickly. You put your A team on during Comic Con, and you're going to pack some weird stuff. Yeah, and like the guy in front of you in line when you were waiting to get stuff packed. Oh, that cocksucker! I hope he <laughs> dies in a fire. He walked in with a giant fucking bag of had to be two hundred Funko figures, and he was having these poor bastards individually bubble wrap every fucking oh, one. God, are you kidding? Uh, every one of them. So there's a line of like six or seven people, and they're, they're supposed to close in an hour, and they got two people bubble wrapping this asshole's eBay bait. Oh God! I hope he dies. Uh, I would have murdered him with a shovel. <laughs> I would have murdered him with a shovel. So yeah. All right, all right you guys. I got to get out of here. Are we in an hour? Uh, yeah. I th- actually, uh, yep. We're we're up over an hour. So oh, okay. Uh, I guess uh, yeah. Just uh, one last note. Is it is it still awesome enough to go with all the headaches and all the trouble and all the? I mean, for Amanda, it's a gimme. Yeah, we're gonna go every goddamn year that we possibly can. And is it still worth going to for you? Man, that's a great question to wrap it up. Uh, that is a great question that actually I got to say I have been giving a tremendous amount of thought to because it really is expensive. It really is a lot of work and you really can't get into very much anymore. Right. It is worth it to see because all my friends go, but even 
they're starting to all tap out. Like that person that I was telling you that got me my badge this year, she's tapping out next year because she's making it an even 20 because she's like going, it's getting too hard. You can't get into anything. But uh, I feel like I always have so much fun. And I always come back with so many great stories that even though it's a lot of work, as long as my friends keep going, I'll keep going. But I hope they make some changes to allow people to have a shot at getting into these things without actually having to camp out for 28, 26 hours at a, at a, at a go. Yeah, and I'm not sure what the solution to that is. You know, it's certainly my solution of no, nah, just make people sick of it is <laughs> only going to work for a year at a yeah, time, maybe. Yeah. Separate pass system, I'm telling you. It's possible. But yeah, it's uh, for us, it, since we focus on the comics, and even with the comics, it's harder to get into things than it used to be. The idea that we'd wait an hour and 20 minutes to get into the Cup of Joe panel, I wouldn't have believed eight or nine years ago, but that's just yeah. the reality of it. But you can still get into it. So being comic focused as we are, it's still possible to get into those. You have to plan a little more than you have to. And an hour and a half to be able to trample a small child in front of a room full of people. Worth it. Exactly. That, <laughs> that was <laughs> the fact that I made the news for my question and not kicking this kid out of the way to ask it. You know, yeah. shows just the, the yeah. spirit of San Diego. I love that nobody even mentioned that either. Yeah. child <laughs> out of the way. No, it's like, hey, he asked about Miracle Man. Well, no, it's at the very beginning of it, they, they were like, oh, that's the wasp behind you, so you have to keep it clean. <laughs> Not even noticing. I basically <laughs> bolted in front of her, almost knocked her over. <laughs> Convention goer tramples child. <laughs> but but I t- having said that, uh, next year for sure, I know that. Yes, we're going to do everything in our power. It's definitely, it's one of those things where I am having to evaluate it. Which is understandable. I have a great time. It's a, we, we had a blast. It was, it was more tiring than other years, but maybe we just forgot a few lessons that we'll remember for next year. And, (laughs) and yeah, the, the one thing I keep thinking is, yeah, I came home with all these 2000 AD books. That's a British publisher. They, as much as I love Boston Comic-Con and uh, even C2E2 in Chicago, yeah, they don't show up at those. They only go to the big ones. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. They, it, it is one of those things where just like, I, I mean, it's crazy to, but when you get something or when you get one of those exclusives or you actually are able to get in line, I was able to get the 50th anniversary peanut shirt oh, nice. after trying to get it for five days and wearing it around and people just commenting on it. And you're like, yeah, it was it was worth it. Then it didn't feel worth it, and it was frustrating. But if you land it, it's worth it. Absolutely. Worth it. Yeah. There's still stuff there you can see and do. You can't see and do anywhere else. Yeah. Yeah. I did. Is there a, is there a tipping point? Yes. I don't think Amanda and I are there yet, but they may find it for us. We hadn't been able to go for three years. So. <laughs> yeah. There you go. But All hopefully, right. uh, I, I, hopefully, uh, next year. Uh, the waitress at uh, Slater's Fifty Fifty is a little more on point. Yes, for Christ's <laughs> well, sake. We were timing her. Some of them <laughs> came in at ten, eleven minutes. It's not uh, acceptable. Uh, you know, she's alive, <laughs> and that just shows my good humor. <laughs> All right. right. So uh, I, I got to get out of here. I got to get to a thing. So uh, thanks for having me, you guys. Okay. Oh, thanks for coming on. Thank you, oh. Gary and Abeda. Thank you very much. 
All right. I love you guys. Hope to see you again soon. All right. You too. Take it easy. I'm just going to kill. <laughs> and, and there she was goes. Gone. All right. <laughs> So why don't we wrap this up? Okay. <laughs> I do appreciate Garyanna staying on for as long as she did. She gave us a hard stop of an hour when we started. We're at an hour 20 now. So, so yeah, it was damn good to see her. Yes. So, all right. Should we wrap this up? Sure. All right. Don't know where you found this particular podcast, but you can always find us at our home website, crisisoninfinitemidlives.com. Uh, let's see. Uh, we are on Facebook. I did a lot of stuff during Comic-Con on Facebook and then have been basically crippled since we came back and have done nothing. <laughs> took us two weeks to recover from Comic-Con to do this show. Yes, but uh, certainly uh, you can... We will try to do more stuff on it. So, yes, uh, facebook.com slash Crisis on Infinite Midlives. And yeah, watch for it to... If you're even remotely interested in a Steve Trevor fuck yeah shirt, <laughs> yeah, leave a comment or send us an email because, yeah, then we can talk to Mark and see if we can't uh, find some way to mass produce these mothers because right now it's just the one. That's all you get. One listener. <laughs> the poor guy. <laughs> it's an exclusive. Yes, we'll go with that. It's an exclusive. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we are on Twitter. Twitter handle is at, Quint, uh, ugh, at Infinite Midlife. Did I get that right? Yes, you did. Okay, we are on uh, iTunes. Uh, if that's how you like to get your podcast, you can certainly subscribe to us there. Uh, you can uh, also, if you get a minute, give us a comment or a review. It helps new people find the show. Let's see, we're on uh, Google Play, we're on Stitcher Radio, we're on TuneIn Radio, we are proud members of the Comics Podcast Network, and you can always email us, crisisoninfinitemidlives at gmail.com. Did I get everything? You did. All right, I think that is it. This has been episode, Christ, what episode is this? Uh, 158. Ooh. God help us all of the Crisis on Infinite Midlives show. I'm Rob. I'm Amanda. Thank you for listening, and derp. You're not the wasp. The behind you is the wasp. There you go. Look at that. Keep it clean, pal. Fuck you. <laughs>